it's, I mean, if it was easy, I guess everybody would do it. It's just such a hard, it is a hard choice to yeah. make. Um, they have definitely, those, those guys have made a choice. Um, and there's no kind of way around it on my mind as far as like, like I said, I don't think you can do both right now. Yeah. So it's just like, if you're going to do it, do it and, and, and kind of go forward with it. But it is, you know, hopefully, well, hopefully it's a, a raging success and, and they can, you know, in a couple of years afford to do whatever they want to go back to school or not go back yeah. to school or do what, you know, live their dream. Um, but there is, the, the, and that's, that's kind of a different or an interesting question that I've kind of been struggling with, with, with an, somebody else, which is the idea of, and we kind of talked about this a little bit on the coaching call as mm-hmm. well. Um, which is, it's partially your job, I think, um, as a coach to kind of be a motivator and ask, you know, if you're a little bit down or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Uh, or, or thinking about giving up um, to kind of push them mm-hmm. forward and say, you can do it, keep on going. But there's also a point where you have to be able to see the writing on the wall and help them quit when they're doing Give them when permission to but... quit. That's the thing. Some of them yeah. are looking for permission. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, that's a really, I find that to be, early on at least, a very fine line for me of being like, um, I kind of can see why you might think it's time to hang it up. The, the numbers are not looking good for you right now. And, you know, runway is tough and all this kind of stuff. And is it, you know, I, I do, you know, the college football coach in, in you would be like always the positive, keep on going, play until the end of the whistle. Um, let all, let all four quarters go, but you know, the kind of realist in me is like this, you know, if you keep going and you know, what, whatever it might be, go into debt, um, you know, take more invest good money after bad from investors. Um, is that the right thing to do? And like, how do you, how do you balance that in a conversation? And I'm, I'm, you know, it's a struggle for me yeah. because I, 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 I understand both sides of that kind yeah. of, both ways because I've you know been on both sides of it and it's just like sometimes you just don't want to quit and you mm-hmm. shouldn't because you are you can succeed and you don't want to be the person that was like in the thank you speech saying and they all told me to quit but I want to yeah. do it you know you don't want to be that you don't want to be one of the examples yeah. um, but at the same time like I don't know H- have you run into that where you like people where you've realized that the person's kind of that's, that's not going to make it for them and they need to, to, to try something different or is that, yeah. has that been mm, something? You know what? I really can't make that determination. And the only reason is be, I'm not good at that because I am for, I, for, for my entire life, I've always been the underdog. So because that's my story, I never cut anybody else short. Right. I've always personally been the underdog and that's why I don't, you know, I don't, um, you know, someone tells me it could be the craziest idea ever. Right. I still don't downplay it because I'm like, hey, listen, Yik Yak, which was a company in town here that was wildly successful. Of course, it went it went under eventually. But 
people didn't think that that was going to go anywhere. And they had like $140 million valuation and X, Y, and Z. So I don't, I don't, I may have some thoughts in the back of my mind that, oh man, I can just think about the challenges they have to overcome. But I never, I never cut anyone short when it comes to that, because I just know that, you know, things happen that, I can't predict, um, but there have been people who it's, it's again, just like we just said, it sounds like they want to give up, but they don't want to say that they're giving up. They don't want to show that they're giving up. It's almost like they want permission to give up. So I had that conversation with someone last week, um, you know, basically getting them from underneath the covers, which I didn't realize they were underneath the covers, you know, refusing to come out. And I said, listen, is this something you believe in that you think can make it, that you enjoy doing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, don't give up on it then. But if any of those things are not there, like this is for the long haul. Like I know you're frustrated at the lack of traction thus far, but it's only been a year and a half. Like, you gonna, are you willing to go through these bouts of ups and downs and feeling like it's working, then it's not for the next three more years? And you're excited about that. It's like, yeah. I was like, okay, we'll keep going. What's next? What's the next thing? You know? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that what's the next thing is always a very mm -hmm. valuable thing, I think. Because uh, there's, you you hit points where you say um, it doesn't matter what the next is because they're all going to fail or the, every idea I've had for the last you know six weeks has failed so why should I bring out something else um, and you but sometimes and you can absolutely get underneath the covers after that for a while and just say it's it's not worth coming out but if you do like start you know figuring out one or two small things that you can maybe get a win win at easily or just cross off the list and say it's done uh, and start moving forward then it it, it makes it easier mm. easier doesn't make it easy uh, to kind of get get back in the swing of things and mm -hmm. get going um, so yeah I I think that is where I've kind of started to it's not like I, I haven't been a startup coach for long enough to have a ton of those conversations, but I think about that kind of stuff. And I, I think that it's, it's kind of is the responsibility. That's where I've landed. It's, it's the responsibility of the startup and the founders and all that to say either we need to stop or we need to go. Um, and it shouldn't be anybody's advice to ever stop. Um, except, you know, unless they're, you know, breaking the wall or something, yeah. whatever there's, <laughs> There are reasons, but like very, very rarely, right? Just because you're having a bad week or it, it looks like things are down. I think the, the goal for you is to get them to start seeing what the, what could yeah. be if they, if they made some changes and adjustments to, to, to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it's, it is the question of uh, the bigger question of if this is something you want to do and believe in mm -hmm. doing, then keep going. Absolutely. Yeah, keep going. Um, um, yeah, it's just a finding that belief is the big deal. Right. And the thing is, especially when everything seems so bleak and in this particular situation last week, 
so many things didn't pan out the way they expected it. And I always say those feelings of despair and, um, you know, just being disappointed comes from your expectations, your expectations. And I feel like, and I know what it's like to be overly optimistic and most startups are overly optimistic, especially if they're first timers, they've never done this before. So they don't know that, oh, you about to get beat up. <laughs> There's a group of guys around that corner right there getting ready to jump you. You don't know that yet, but you know, and the, that, that group of guys ready to jump you is doubt, fear, the customers who cancel, don't call back, you know, all those, all these people who said they were interested, it was great, no, ghost you. Like these are all the people and things just, just gonna bust you up as soon as you turn that corner. And um, they don't know it yet. And so what I try to get founders to do is, okay, that's your expectation. This, this investor, for example, they're gonna follow up with you. They're gonna call you back. Okay, so let's say they don't, what's next? Like I try to get them to say, to, to consider what moving forward looks like, even in that moment of setting that expectation and being um, optimistic you know, about this customer closing. I said, well, what if that person quits? Is there anyone else that you should, you know, be in touch with at that organization? Let's get in touch with them. You know, um, it's just about doing, not pontificating so much and believing your own hype and hypothesizing internally. You know, you don't know if something's gonna work unless you try it. And it's just a series of tests. That's all this is. Yeah, I I think that, that those early stages of a startup or in, any kind of you know business idea, you get you if you're the type of personality, I'm this type of personality that gets like super excited about stuff and it's like, well, this this is obviously the the right way to go and it's going to work, and um and then when live bullets start flying and it doesn't work the way that you mm -hmm. thought, like and you like had already your like you know uh acceptance speech for <laughs> for you know entrepreneur of the year uh all right. lined up and written and 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 hell you can't get the first person to say yes to the yeah. idea that you thought was the right yeah. thing um it can be it can be very crushing um and it can make you doubt a lot of other parts just because of that one one no and so like being able to kind of keep picking yourself up and going after no, after no, after no is, is the, the resilience that's the important part. And it is, I understand completely how that is really hard to do mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, and I will say on the other side of it, the part that I, you know, you can find yourself in at some point, um, which isn't as health, which isn't very healthy either will be, well, let's, put something out there and see if we can't get to 20 no's before anything happens and like not thinking through everything enough and caring enough at the early stages because you don't want to get that disappointment again. And so I've done that side of things too, which I think is also a bad idea, which is like, I, I don't know the answer. So let's just put yeah. these things out here and see just what see happens. What, yeah. and, and, see. And, and if you do that without any pre-thought or it's going to fail too. So you have yeah. to find this medium where you're like, you know, don't, don't spend, you know, 50 years polishing it, but also don't just 
put everything out there, like find some kind of happy medium where you're like, like, you know, you've talked in the past about how you mapped out conversations before you've had the conversation. Like that's something that I would have never done Mm -hmm. in my life. I would just like, have had that conversation 10 times and been like, well, that went bad (laughs) nine times (laughs) and figured it out. It's funny you say that. So I, I was just having that conversation about um, personality types. So I teach entrepreneurship class and at the beginning of it, they take a personality test because it helps them figure out who to vibe, who, what personalities they vibe most with in order to create Mm. their startup teams. And I talked to them about, to me, what stands out the most is introvert versus extrovert. And, you know, um, of course it's other ones, but I am an INTJ. Yeah, TJ, yeah. Um, and so it starts with knowing yourself. A lot of people don't know don't know themselves. So I know the good, the bad, what I'm working on and what I'm not for a fact. And most people don't know that about themselves. So they, they still, they're in the dark about that. And so they lie to themselves about a lot of different things, which causes the disappointment as well as they're on a journey. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, I just, all that stuff, I, I, I feel so empathetic as well because of you, you, I have been at that place where you're like, nothing's ever going to work again. And this business was such a waste of all these people. And you asked them to come with you to do this. And why did you do that? It wasn't fair to you to do that to those people and blah, blah. Like, I understand all those like doubts that get creeped in and into Mm -hmm. your mind. And, um, so when, when people start going through that stuff, it's very tough for me to not like feel that completely because it's just brings back memories as well. So it is like, sometimes you gotta be like the good, it it turns out good on the other end sometimes as well, where you say, yeah, it's a journey um, though. It's not about. Oh, it's like, I think people see it as like, all right, again, back to the formula, the equation, you do X, X plus Y, you get Z. And this is, this is one of those things where you have to enjoy the journey. Just like right now, you share a lot about, oh yeah, I was, you know, hard headed about this or, you know, this I did right, but that I didn't do right in business. Like, you know, we all have a lot of those stories and in those situations, particularly with first time founders and, and, you know, I'll just, I just, I'm just transparent, you know, with like, yeah, like the one that was under the covers. I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I had many of those days and I still have them some days now. Like, yeah, you just like, you know what? I just don't want to do this. Um, and you start thinking that, Hey, maybe I just don't want to do this anymore. Um, and the isolation from everyone and just being under the covers actually makes it worse it, it, you're you're not rational at that point you have right. to you have to just talk to somebody else kind of who's been there and done it and i'm not there to be their cheerleader like i'm just there to help them coach um through what it is that they want to do i'm not going to convince you one way or another i'm just going to ask the questions like coaching is really asking the questions right yeah yeah and yeah and then you can also yeah share the stories mm-hmm. and say these are the, what have, what have happened but who knows I, I don't know I, it is i uh 
I'm always very thankful that there are people that are looking to start new things yeah. all the time because I think that's just such a fun and valuable like uh, part of the yeah. world. Um, and I, I do think that it is important if you have like there are some people that it's all math and those people are interesting people too. But like, you know, they're, they're solving this problem like because it's it makes the most sense everything from a business standpoint but it seems like if you're going to go through this you know fight it, for most people it's really important for you to also have some passion behind yes. it and it doesn't have to be like this like crazy thing that's like you know the, the cancer affected blah 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 my like you don't have to it doesn't have to be all of that but it has to be something where you're saying it's something i am passionate yeah. enough about that i think needs to be fixed or changed or helped or cured mm -hmm. and and so it can be um, you know, uh, like one of the, I, I, I assume they're still around. I actually should check them out. But one of the early stages of like, a, there was a, um, uh, short-lived accelerator in, in Greenville that I was friendly with the people there. And, and one of the first businesses was this filter, this is a business called Filter Easy. And they, um, just, you would just sign up and you would get new air filters for your house delivered to your door once a month oh, one of so you don't have to worry about it anymore yeah and it was it was very early on in that and i was like i think that one, i think that one's actually a pretty good idea um because it is a legitimate pain that happens all the time as people forget to you know buy a new filter and the air conditioner seems like it's broken when it's not it just needs a new filter all this kind of stuff um, but everybody else was like, oh no, they don't have, you know, this crazy tech behind it or anything like that. I was like, but I think people, they're solving a pain that people legitimately have. And they kind of had a passion for it for reasons that are, weren't hundred percent clear to me, but they had it. And they kind of took off right away because it was like this very specific thing of like, they cared about this. They cared about it. Like I said, it wasn't like, you know, their house burnt down cause they changed, yeah. they didn't change the filter, but they, they cared that like, this is like this legitimate thing. It's just like this. 1% problem of your life that you're just like, if you could take this 1% away, it'd be very right. nice. And they had an easy thing where people were paying the money to do it. Um, and it just kind of grew pretty quickly because of that. And I think that sometimes, um, that is much more valuable than trying to like discover the credit, the craziest, mm -hmm. you know, business model to a crazy system to mm -hmm. whatever yeah. it might be. So yeah. I just, you know, a little bit of passion and a little bit of business is all you yeah. really need, I think, sometimes. It's, and some foresight, because it's crazy how Amazon, once they started, um, they added the subscription service to a lot of their products that fall into that category. Companies that had products like that, like Amazon just like, you know, bulldozed right over them. So that's why it's important. So this is the thing. I, I talk to many people about like their um, work experience, schooling, what kind of give them insight into how to run their business or strategizing behind it and those kind of things. And I know for, for me, I know people always ask me, was MBA worth it? I'm thinking about doing an MBA or not doing an MBA. And I said, everybody is different, but for me, it was worth every penny because that's why I'm able to see things differently. So 
I would have known to dig in and see what's coming down the line, like to look into people's 10Ks, check out their press releases, see where they dabble in, you know, um, business-wise and what's their projections for moving forward and certain things. Like I would have done some of that research to be like, huh, we might need to switch this up. Like what's our plan after a year from now? Will we have something, what, what is it that we want to learn so that after this year, we're not competing with Amazon to deliver filters? Right. So I try to help people see past right. where we are right now to where we're going as a society because things are moving so fast. And next thing you know, you're no longer relevant. And this happens, and this is so common in um, tech startups and in the tech community, is that they will spend so much time like developing, for an example, a software and just getting it perfect, getting all the bugs. And I mean, I know this one company, they literally spent two years working on the software. And by the time it was released, it was people were using um, machine learning to do what they were, do, you know, like it was, it was like mm -hmm. obsolete. You know, you spend so much time working on a product instead of doing like what your guys did. It was like, hey, this is a need. This is, we're going to solve that need right now. And we're going to make start making money on it and learning so then we can really have something for that that population of people that still solves that problem but we'll have more insight because we already have those people and so those are the kind of that's the kind of thoughts that once i got into um, once i started doing my mba like the, literally a light bulb came on everything changed about how i think about things and i think that um it's helpful to have people outside of your bubble to like, you know, like coaches at ATDC in all capacity, it doesn't matter if they're in your industry or not, to bring their experience and kind of look at the problem you're trying to solve differently and like kind of challenge and ask certain questions. And you know what I'm saying? Oh, I do. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to the very beginning of the call where it's it, where we were talking about, um, you know, the, the initial pain of the, that company is solving or the customers they are, they're solving is not going to be a, you know, huge market for the rest of their life, but it does help to have those initial, right. that initial information yeah. and, and be able to start somewhere and penetrate and, that because mm -hmm. once you have just like with Amazon, so like Amazon was able to get their initial people selling them books. And I was one of those initial people because I actually buy books, right? But listen, guess, guess what they did? So it, it goes into so much about understanding people. Like people forget that part. They forget about just human behavior. And I was in, that's what I was talking earlier about, you know, personality types and understanding people. What Amazon did was they carved out a population of people who are, most likely educated, most likely earn a certain amount over, right? They were priming people who could afford prime membership in the future. They already had that population on lock and then just started selling them other things and then grew from there. So with your, um, with your company selling the HVAC things, that it's that demographic, they can learn everything. Those people own homes, right? They, 
they probably make a certain amount of money. There's so many things that once you get them on lock and trust them, you can start selling them anything, but you gotta get mm-hmm. started, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 so that that initial small little yeah. pain can really be start helping you cure a bunch of different stuff. And I think that yeah. that is, th- those are the things that are just fun about it to me is where you're like, oh, this initial thing is a thing that is needed, but let's think about all the other stuff. And, and that's what I kind of talk, was talking about with the other company as well was like, this is what I think is great about coaching is you, you're, you can, you should be head heads down trying to, to solve for the first yes. set of problems and, and make sure that those clients mm-hmm. are happy and successful and, want to use you again and want to tell other people about you and all this kind of stuff. But it's also important, but very hard for you to take a step back every once in a while and think about even three months out, let alone six months out, let alone a year out, let alone five years out. And, um, so it it just, it's nice to have somebody that, that helps you do that. Um, and so while you can spend most of your day, most of your week, uh, focused on the now every once in a while you can you can have a cup of coffee and, and kind of start sketching out mm-hmm. those bigger things and 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 not that you have to have everything figured out but you at least know when you're making the decision for for now that you you aren't boxing yourself into a corner for, in the future for something Absolutely. else so i think all that stuff's really cool you know how it used to be really common before and even st- in a startup community i remember back in like 2013 and stuff when i was getting started you would always hear investors um, and people in the startup community say, you know, y- y- once you start out in this, like that's what you're going to be known for. And they wanted you to just stick with that. And people would say, well, what about Google? You know, they started out as a search engine, then they got Gmail and, you know, and the, the, mm-hmm. the um, suite of products go on and on. And now you think about Amazon, right? Well, they started out with books and really the majority of their money come from hosting, right? AWS and mm-hmm. You know, and so I don't, I don't subscribe to that belief anymore, even though, you know, seven, eight years ago, and, you know, even before then, it was very common to just say, hey, if you sell pens, you just need to be known for being the best pen seller, instead of, you know what, we sell pens right now, but eventually we're going to sell office buildings. Mm. Right? Like, that's the Amazon way of thinking. But um, investors used to be against that because they would say, oh, you're not focused. You're not focused. This, this founder is not focused. Right. And it's like, no, right. like with your, the filter company, they're able to create a, a business that's sustainable and profitable on its own. Even if it doesn't grow into Amazon, it's still mm-hmm. a successful business. And that's how I feel about this company too. They may not grow to be the next Facebook. They may, they may, they may do, who knows? Um, you know, the event Facebook, <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> They may or may not, but either way, the way they have designed things from the beginning allows them to be successful one way or another. Exactly. So that's the thing. It's like I, there is a, always a balancing act between focus yeah. on like the now and like your broad vision statement. But I, I think you should have that broad vision statement that you're 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 driving towards no matter what. So even if it is, um, you know, today we are making sure that every house in America, um, has a fresh filter every, every 30 days on the end. By the end, it could be like, we, we want to make, you know, we want to revolutionize. Well, let's not use the word revolution because that's too, 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 but we want to, uh, you know, supply every, um, 
every house in America, every every um, replenishable that's yeah, under the sun or something right. like that. But and that's even not high enough. So mm-hmm. I would just say, you know, keep working, keep working that until it's something that is broad. Like we, you know, we want to take take away all the like small worries of the world that's or right. of, of yeah. your day um, until it gets to a big enough point where you're like, oh, that is something that's big. That's something I mm-hmm. believe in. And that's something that we can work with and compare to what we're actually doing in life um, on a day-to-day basis. So I, I, I think not enough people, e- even you know, when they are in the startup world, they still get too caught up in the now. Yes. Um, and um, and you would think it'll be a bunch of kind of dreamers, and the idea would be to it's so their heads hard. out of the cloud. But it, it's it's kind of the other way around a lot of times. It's like they get ca- they get caught on their solution, and they don't they don't like care. What right. Other, what oh yeah, happens. those ones that those founders got really just so sold out on their own product. It's like they're drunk on their own on their own supply. But it's um mm-hmm. it's it's hard for them to see other things. And you know, back before, you know. Investors thought were, you know, really found that to be attractive. Like, oh yeah, this this founder really believes in what they're doing. It doesn't, it doesn't mean. I don't think not being that way doesn't mean you don't really believe in it. You're just not not drunk on your own. You know, you're not blowing smoke up your own behind. You know, constantly. Right. Um, it's just it's it's just an interesting balance that I think it's hard to have. Balance is just not part of the entrepreneurial journey. I, I don't see it in any way. Yeah. No. And balancing entrepreneur or not, it's, it's hard. Yeah. But yeah. It is that, it is that thing of, you know, accepting what could be the opposite of that sometimes and being able to know that you can, you can quit this product, but still not stop the, you know, overall vision of what you're doing or trying to solve. You just might have not solved it the right way the, the, the first Actually, time around. And absolutely. That's okay. Yeah. You know, you mentioned about, um, you know, um, I guess people expect entrepreneurs to be like even bigger risk takers than, than, you know, what they may be seeing now. And I don't think entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur necessarily means you're a risk taker. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see a correlation, um, to be honest with you, but, for some people it is, but I don't think that's true for everybody. I think you just, it's a problem that you get excited about solving, um, that you, you want, you know, something that you want to help and you're willing to spend mm-hmm. your, your time and efforts and energy to do it. But the world has increasingly gotten complex. I mean, we just talked about student loans. Those are expensive. You know, people have, um, ridiculous amounts of like credit card debt and, you know, childcare is, you know, 1500, 2000 a month. Um, I mean, the list goes on. So the amount of responsibilities one has these days versus in the past is completely different. And unless you have, you know, a solid financial footing or alternatives, um, in your life and your family, somehow that can be there to pick you up. It's really difficult for people to take that risk now. I, I mean, I don't I don't care about a $1,200 or $2,000 tax credit. Like, you know, like I, I, I just, that's not going to encourage more people to take the jump into entrepreneurship. That's insignificant given 
the cost of things these days. So then you leave the, the, you know, those that are able to take the risk to be those under a certain age or in certain, you know, uh, financial categories. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, that, and well, I guess I gotta, I gotta go, but that is, uh, I think one of the bigger things for the future of entrepreneurship is not to be able to, to grow the pool of the people that are involved with it and not to limit it by things like previous economics, uh, settings or whatever it might be. It can't just be the most successful people in the world. They just keep, but that's what's happening. They just keep doing it over and over and over again. Yeah. There's gotta be a way to let, you know, to to not limit people through uh, debt and, um, desire for, you know, whatever it is, houses that are too big or, or (laughs) all that kind of stuff to, to be able to know that you can have a freedom to do other stuff. If you, if you're allowed, if you, and you've got to be able to make some choices yourself, but you're also allowed to do that by not having to have gone through, um, you know, a hundred thousand plus dollars in debt on, on school. And then, you know, also had to run up credit cards to pay, pay for, for food, food and all that books, kind of, it's just, mm, you know, yeah. gas. Um, and one thing people don't mention, like you just said, people that already have certain money, they just are able to take the risk and keep doing things over and over again. One thing that people don't talk a lot about is how like the founder of Netflix, Reed Hastings, he had exited his company previously for $700 million before he started Netflix. Okay, like, come on now. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To subscribe or listen to our back catalog, go to a fly on the call. Come